Hal St. John and Cherry Anderson are overviews. Thanks for coming to The Antidote. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. It's a, it's a real honor and a pleasure to be with you and your listeners today. Maybe you could take a minute to tell us about how Overfuse came to life. Well, Overfuse, um, there's a bit of meaning in the name itself, Overfuse. So we, we're trying to bring together spiritual traditions with modern secular music um, in, a, in some kind of fusion. And the band itself came together when we were on a retreat for musicians. And we both recognized we shared this common goal of wanting to deploy the very latest technology and music to um, speak messages which have some kind of spiritual content. That is fairly unusual because you don't see a lot of that in the, let's just refer to it as electro-pop music. Yeah, definitely here in the UK, the music scene is quite segregated in the sense that you don't normally bring your faith into conversation with electronic music. You park your faith life to one corner and then you get on with your electronic music in another corner. To actually bring the two together, it's either foolishness or original, but that's what we feel we're called to do. Uberfuse, the name itself, is an oddity. Is this a German word, or what was the actual root of the word? Um, the, the original name was, of the band was Fuse, and we had a real problem when we were trying to tell people about the band because they would Google Fuse, and a million and one things would come up, <laughs> including electricians, conferences in Australia was one of the things that came up when you, when you Google Fuse. So we thought, how can we have a unique identity and still preserve the fuse bit. So I think it was Cherry's idea that we take this German word Uber. And this is probably a year or so before, before the Uber cab took the word. So we stuck Uber in front of fuse and Uber fuse was born. <laughs> Uber fuse has literally played the world. Besides doing shows in the UK, you've played in Italy, Spain, Portugal, Brazil. You told me Canada. Korea, the Philippines, China, I mean, the list just keeps going. So I think I'd be numb from the jet lag. Can that kind of touring be enjoyable? Well, we go where the wind blows. So um, if we get an invitation to play here, then we go, we go there. Um, is it enjoyable? Um, long haul flights. Jerry's better acclimatized to them than I am. It takes me a day or two to to get over the jet lag, but I've got a system now where I carry various strength paracetamol tablets in my bag. So, and I know after 12 hours after landing, I'm gonna need one or two of those tablets just to, to control the headache. So the, the question about the travels, we go where we're asked to play, and we've had some, some very interesting invitations because some of our songs deal with certain themes and people putting on events around those themes invite us on the, on the strength of that sometimes. What would you say has been the standout moment for you from the traveling? Um, standout moment, I think probably one of the most disturbing um, experiences from the traveling was, was may, maybe in Brazil when we went to a favela, we were given a, a tour by a private company of, of a favela in Brazil and it was quite... Um, quite an eye-opener on, on many levels. The poverty and 
the kind of aggression and anger that is palpable. Yeah, that's probably one of the most interesting experiences. You've also just returned from playing World Youth Day in Panama. So let yeah. me guess here. Like, I mean, you went so that you could actually just get away from London's winter weather? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think the temperature had gone to the sub-zeros at the point we left. So it was certainly a, a nice feeling to get off the plane, having left London in sub-zero temperatures to get off the plane. And it was tropically warm. Can't deny that was a nice feeling. But that wasn't the reason we, w we went. Primary reason was we have a friend who's a DJ on a radio station and he was involved in the artistic direction of World Youth Day events itself, which meant inviting bands who had some kind of track record to come and play there. So we got, we got contacted by him and, and invited to go over there. And it was in response to that invitation that we ended up there. That must have been an enormous event. Yeah, it was. It was a very, a very well-organized event, but it was on a big scale. There were stages all around Panama City, um, and euphoric pilgrims gathered everywhere you could see. But one of the most interesting things for me was knowing that an hour's drive from Panama City was the tropical rainforests itself. So the air quality, which normally in a city is pretty bad, certainly in London it's bad. Um, even though it was a city, Panama City, it felt certainly a lot cleaner than London because of its proximity to the rainforest. Overfuse created a song, Here I Am, specifically for World Youth Day. Can you share about that? Well, here, here I am, the theme of World Youth Day was, was from the words of Our Lady when she was approached by the angel Gabriel and she said, um, here I am, do unto me according to your word. That was the headline theme of World Youth Day. Um, so we were praying and reflecting on that and um, a song emerged out of that process. For us, it's a really, really, really powerful theme, here I am, because it's really, it's basically saying, here I am, standing naked in front of God, and saying, here I am, do with me what you will. And we know the outcome of that conversation that, that Mary had with God. She conceived Jesus and the world has been transformed from that simple response to God's calling. The Antidote gets into music created by artists who share a Christian worldview. Most yeah. of those artists come from a Protestant background. With Uberfuse being Catholic, does that bring a different perspective to your music? Well, we're slightly uncomfortable with the labels, um, the Christian labels. I mean, we're, we're inspired by the Gospels, we're inspired by the Bible, we're inspired by grace and faith. The reception we get is across the denominations. And, and in many ways, I think the non-Catholic Christian traditions are leading the way on use of secular music in, in a spiritual setting. We wanted people to love the music for the sake of music, but also to know that it has a strong um, Christian content. It's very difficult in the UK. I don't know. I don't know how it is in Canada, but in the UK, you can't really talk in public about your faith alongside your secular music. But we do. I know in the States it's slightly different. It's almost accepted that 
a lot of the household name pop artists have come up from a church background. Right. But here in the UK, everyone's too cool to be Christian. They're too cool to admit that they have a religious belief system. Um, and it's usually the cool kids that are into the music scene. So you've got a dilemma straight away. But we speak to them. We hopefully get through all of that and let the grace and the, the spirit that has inspired us to write the songs flow into the hearts of people who are open to it. You know, there's something really interesting about Overfuse because you break the trend of electropop because you actually cover tough social topics. You made a really bold statement with the video for the song On My Knees. So maybe you could explain that. As, as believing Christians, when you open your heart up to grace, you're that much more sensitive to injustice where you see it. And the song On My Knees is a song that Cherry was inspired to write because of what was happening in the Philippines, um, which I don't think she could turn her eyes away from, or I could, once we heard about it. It was one of those things, once you knew about it, you can't just walk away from it. You have to engage with it and see what happens. And basically, we were... Um, Concerned about the injustices that were being inflicted upon vulnerable people, particularly the poor and those who had drug addiction problems. But we have to be very careful because when we went to the Philippines to film the video, we, we weren't sure whether we'd antagonize the authorities and they were going to arrest us or, or what. So it's a very delicate, delicate theme. Well, that's a tough situation for you looking over your shoulder as you're trying to make your statement um yeah but usually speaking up against an injustice is it's not complicated you know in the sense that when you see something that's wrong it's a simple response you say no what, why are you doing this it's not right but in the context of um a big social issue like drug addiction and how the authorities are dealing with it a simple statement saying maybe this isn't the right way to deal with it can be interpreted as challenging the government or whatever, um, however people read it. So going back to your original point, social justice and music are not usually interconnected, although there are instances where musicians have engaged with social justice themes, but we, we don't shy away from it. We don't feel we, we can just walk away from it. It's a bit like the parable of the Good Samaritan, if you see someone who's in a vulnerable position, yes, it's easy just to walk away from it, but it's sometimes harder to roll your sleeves up and get stuck in to try and help the situation. Hopefully we help the situation more, more than we would do if we just walked away from it. The Odd Ones, your latest full length, came out a couple of years ago. Now, I can see you being called Odd, but not Cherry. So... Do you really feel that the two of you are unusual? Well, it's odd in the sense that I see myself as more normal than Cherry. But, <laughs> but that clearly isn't the perception. No, the situation here in London is, yeah, Cherry is very mainstream in the way she looks, and me maybe a bit less less so. But um, I, I think it came from a, an, an article in a, in a newspaper here when they reviewed a song we wrote, I don't know if you remember the hurricane in the Philippines that killed over 6,000 people and the winds 
were, I don't know, ridiculous speeds, like 190 miles an hour. We wrote a Christmas song basically inspired by that event and how people, even though the destruction was everywhere, the normal things like giving birth and everything still happened in the midst of all of that. So we wrote this song called Haiyan Lullaby, and it was reviewed by one of the main newspapers here in the UK called The Guardian. And they said uh, it was very left field and odd. They said we were like aliens. <laughs> we weren't sure whether to be offended or not, but um, I think because part of the song was in Tagalog, which is Cherry's language, Filipino, and it could be that it was that that they were calling odd. I don't know. <laughs> the Odd Ones opens with Secret Tattoo, you know, and that's one of the catchiest songs I've heard in a long time. What is your secret tattoo? Well, the secret tattoo is, you know, when you have a really deep spiritual, emotional experience, it doesn't leave you. It marks you forever. And that, that was the idea behind the song. And we, we thought, okay, what marks you forever in our modern world? A tattoo. Because it's invisible and you can't see it, it's a secret tattoo. So that was the, the thinking behind that song. Your band has released a lot of music prior to The Odd Ones. So how much has Oberfuse grown over the years? Um, I mean, it's a journey being in a band. And there's lots of pitfalls and cul-de-sacs that you encounter when you go on this journey. Um, you work with people in the industry who some, sometimes they help you, sometimes they look as though they're going to help you, but, but they end up not helping you. Other times you work with people who want to put their stamp on what you're doing. Um, the danger is you start to lose the freshness of your vision because it's become diluted and compromised by other people's involvement in it. So each step along the way, we, we've engaged with people, we've learned from them, and then move forwards. And, and hopefully that our music reflects that journey. And we, we're thinking actually right now we're in a really good place because we've, we've actually distilled into an essence what it is that we are and, what, and how it is we want to sound, which probably hasn't been captured in true faithfulness on, on a recorded album yet. But the next album we hope will be a progression from the other two. And how far away are you looking at for that album? Well, we're gonna do we're gonna do kind of like a series of EPs, which um, will culminate in the release of an album. So the first EP is only months away, and we've got we've got a plan on how we're going to record it, who we're going to work with, um, and we've got people we trust and comfortable working with them. That is something that I find with your band is that you're constantly creating. You see a lot of new things coming up on SoundCloud and coming up on your website and on YouTube. Do you ever find you hit a wall with creativity? Well, we've committed to putting up YouTube content every day for the next 365 days plus. <laughs> That's brutal. It's brutal. I, and, and when Cherry came up with this idea, I said, what? We were struggling to, to do two a week. How are we going to do this? But Jerry's um, risen to the challenge and taken full responsibility for it. And 
I think we're doing all right. I mean, some episodes probably are better than others. Although Cherry would kick me hard if she heard me say that. I, I think with modern technology, you can't... The way you engage an audience is different. In the past, maybe in a church, set your band up, play, and the audience there would be impacted by your music. And that would be it. But now, the way people are impacted by music is by going on the internet and accessing music through YouTube um, and all the other platforms. So we're trying to adjust to that and to connect with people using those mediums um, and, and building an audience that way, as well as the traditional way. I admire your tenacity. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's a journey into the unknown because it's, it's so new. No one really knows what, what they're doing. I mean, we know enough of what we're doing, but we don't really know how people receive it. It's hard to know. Um, you get comments, you get feedback, but it's a journey of faith in itself. I want to raise up something that we just sort of touched upon briefly. I find that many artists who are Christians, they tend to write their lyrics on multiple levels. You know, I guess it makes their music more accessible to people of faith and also to mainstream audiences. So for yourself, I guess I'm thinking of the song Set Me Free. Is that the idea behind most of the music of Oberfuse? Yeah, I, um, you know, your, your music output is, di is dictated by the context you're in. And if you're in a context where to be explicit about your faith and religion is not considered acceptable, um, you find ways of going underground with, with the content and saying saying the same thing without diluting the message, but not using in-your-face religious language necessarily. Although the theme set me free, you know, it has all kinds of connotations from religious to social. So we get our spiritual message across using themes like that, which can be understood by non-religious people as well. There's a constant theme in your music, and it's the desire to improve the world like on one of your newer songs called Ignite, has the world been changed by Overfuse? Has the world been changed by Overfuse? Um, well, I don't, I don't really think there's any point doing this if we didn't think um, people were touched or spoken to or impacted by what we were doing. And uh, hopefully when they're impacted or touched by it, their outlook on life changes and they're transformed in some kind of way. So, so the track you mentioned, Set Me Free, that is about Asia Bibi, um, ultimately. I don't know how, how well you know her, her story, but um, Asia Bibi was, or is, a Christian living in a predominantly Islamic country, Pakistan. And she was put in prison for nearly 10 years on an alleged offense of committing blasphemy. Against Muhammad, yes, I remember that. Yeah, and we were contacted by a group of Pakistani Christians in London um, quite early on in her imprisonment and asked if we could help their campaign to get the message out there that this, is, this has happened and that, that it's not right and to fight it. So we wrote a song called Free As A Bibi three or four years ago and then um, the whole thing in the last six to eight months has taken new lead so we wrote a new song called set me free um which is literally set me free from prison because i'm in here for allegedly 
committing blasphemy. So that's the backstory. But we don't necessarily use explicit religious imagery in the in the track itself. You need to tell us where can our listeners find the band and the music of Uberfuse. Um, well, we're there on most of the social media platforms like YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. Can't think of any more. But <laughs> if if any new ones come along, we'll be there. Well, Hal, thanks so much for coming. It's been cool having you for a talk with The Antidote. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have a chat with you. And thank you and your listeners for taking the time to engage with our music. We really appreciate that.